and welcome to Tortal Sisters, a book club podcast about the books by, I said book a lot there, but we're just going to keep going, the books by Tamara Pierce. Book, book, book. And those <laughs> books are bookly books. <laughs> so I am one of your hosts, Risa. I am the other one, Ariana. Indeed. So today we are going to talk, I just stole this from you, I apologize, but today we're going to talk <laughs> about a book. What book are we going to talk about, sister? We are going to talk about Alana, the first adventure. I have it right in front of me. Nice. So do I. I have mine right here. Uh, but mine is a lot more beat up. <laughs> yeah, I like yours better. <laughs> I got I got all of our um, uh, Circle of Magic books Perfect. Um, the other day. And they, oh, I like looking at them because I just think about reading. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today. Today I mean, it kind of is. <laughs> today we're going to talk about Alana, the first adventure. Um, so in case people didn't read it recently, like both of us, um, if you didn't take this month to read it, uh, let me, uh, we're going to give you guys a quick synopsis, a quick, it's four pages long. I went, <laughs> I went bit by bit. Uh, I wrote it myself. Did you write it as you reread it? So no. So I've reread it. Um, I on to put notes in the Monday, I reread it all on Monday, um, or some, whatever. One of the things I read it, and then the next day after I I read the whole end chapter on the next day because I have the hardest time reading that last chapter, and I'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> after I finished it, I went to go look up a synopsis to to link, and then I went. But why? So instead, I leafed through the book and wrote down interesting points. Things that I feel like are important. (laughs) I'll be honest. I was tempted to do the same thing. So I was quite relieved to see you'd already done it. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, my hands are going to hurt. But this is going to be so worth it. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, first off, are we saying it Thom or Tom? You know, I went between the two as I was reading it. I'm going to have to stick with Thom. Yeah. I, he feels like a Thom. There's something like about him that's more Thom-like than Tom. I, I agree. I feel like it's Thom. I, I 100% understand we are incorrect. Probably. There, we are probably very wrong. But we're going to keep saying it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did not go through and look up the official pronunciations for any of these names. So we're going to say them like we say them. And that's just... How Most that of goes. Them are pretty easy anyway. <laughs> she spells things pretty phonetically. <laughs> she does. Except I apparently, that. apparently it's supposed to be pronounced Trebond. I've always pronounced it Trebond. With yeah, a tra, not a tray. So it's like tree. So it's like tra- Trebond. Trebond. Not Trebond. 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 <laughs> Very That's a hundred percent what she was going for. She fucking. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. I don't know. So, I'm actually going to start reading the synopsis now. Okay, sure, great. <laughs> well, we can cut some of this. It's fine. So we start with Alana of Trebond and her twin Thom are being sent away by their absent father, Alan. I wanted to include his name, and I don't know why. Um, Thom is being sent to the palace because... to learn to become a knight, and Alana is being sent to the convent to learn to be a lady, something neither twin is happy about. Alana has the idea of switching places. She would pretend to be a boy, 
Alan, and go to the palace and start training as a page, while Thom would go to the convent as himself to learn to be a sorcerer, because that's what he prefers to do. He hates everything yeah. about being a knight. Um, yeah. Their dad always does as well. He is a scholar. He doesn't give a shit about anything other than his books. <laughs> so... With the help of the village healing woman, Maud, uh, they set out on their ways to do this. Maud also warns Alana to use her magical gift to heal to pay back for the lives that she will take as a knight. This is something that gets brought up multiple times in the book, so. Um, <laughs> Alana goes with their manservant, Coram, and when he realizes the switch, he says he'll turn around and take them back. But Alana, with the help of some brandy and threats of magic, convinces him to <laughs> go along with the plan. Upon she threatens a man she does. with psychological warfare. She okay? sure does. This, this, this 10-year-old is ridiculous. Yeah, she really is. Upon arriving in the capital, Chorus, Alana meets a thief on the street who says he'll be seeing her again. I just wanted to include that. <laughs> Alana proceeds to well, It is a part. part. It's like, it's like, oh, look, there he is again. Exactly. Um, she proceeds to the palace where she checks in with Duke Gareth of Naxon, who will be her sponsor, I guess. I don't remember if that's exactly, uh, it's never brought up again, really, but she, yeah. she checks in with him. She's settled into her new rooms and upon leaving them immediately makes the enemy of Rallin of Malvin. Rallin of Malvin? Oh, I've never said those out loud before. I, was, I, I said Raylon. Raylon? Raylon of Malvin. I, Doesn't sound much better, but no. like, I like, I like Raylon better. I'm going to keep calling him Rallin. 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 Rallin and Alan. Exactly. Rallin and Alan were Rallin on the floor. <laughs> he is a nasty squire. Rallin is fended off by Prince Jonathan <laughs> and his group of friends, Gary, Raoul, Alex, and Francis. <laughs> all of whom are third and fourth year pages. Gary, who is Duke Gareth's son, uh, offers to take Alana under his wing. In the following weeks, Alana starts her classes and meets Sir Miles, her history teacher, who she grows to like quite a lot. Um, after a few months of settling in, Al uh, Alan. <laughs> well, she goes by Alan, well, so it's she fine. she goes by Alan, yeah. Alana is allowed into the city with the supervision of Gary, where she meets the thief, George, once again. We find out that George is the king of thieves or the rogue. They quickly become friends with George because why shouldn't a 10 year old be friends with the king of thieves? Of course. I, I... Yeah. In the first few months, Rylan begins bullying Alana as she is the smallest and weakest of the pages. He beats her severely several times before she decides to learn how to beat him herself after her friends beating him up for her without her asking backfires on her. She goes to Coram to learn wrestling, and then she goes to George in the city to learn how to fight hand-to-hand. -hand. And with knives, I guess? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yet, I mean... yet again. It's, and then George is like, yes, I'll teach this child how to fight with knives. Thank you for coming to me, 11-year-old. <laughs> I, a 17-year-old, shall teach you how to fight and kill your fellow uh, squires and shit. Yeah. Uh, Alana challenges Rallin to a fight and wins, and Rallin leaves court disgraced. I think it's very Jesus important. <laughs> At midwinter, Alex, Gary, and Raoul become squires, leaving Jonathan as the only other page in their circle of friends. Oh, I don't know about Francis. I have no idea how old Francis is. They never say. I, they might have said he became a squire I, with the others, but I don't I mean, remember. I don't remember anything about Francis. Well, I happen to forget he exists until I read the book. And then it's like, oh, right. <laughs> right. 
Uh, in the following <laughs> spring, a plague hits Chorus and the palace, which they dub the Sweating Fever. The sickness is confined to just Chorus in the palace. No other city is being affected. This and the fact that healers trying to heal the sickness are drained of their power leads people to believe that the sickness is in- magical in origin. Many people in the palace fall ill, but Alana still doesn't tell anyone about her gift in healing. It isn't until her friend Francis dies that she feels like she's being punished for not healing. After Francis dies, Jonathan falls severely ill and calls for Alana to help him. Alana is the only healer left in the palace who has not been drained of her powers, so she feels it's only right to help him so that she doesn't lose another friend. She, with the help of Sir Miles, convinces the chief healer to let her help. After several days of trying normal medicine, Jonathan is still dying. Alana then calls on the power of the gods to help him, and the goddess (laughs) helps her bring Jonathan back from the black god's hands. It's just things that happen. Just things that happen. Just 12-year-old things. Um, little little 12-year-old things. After this, she never talks uh, to John or Sir Miles about it again, hoping if I don't talk about it, it'll disappear. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and she lets Miles take credit for the healing, saying that she only used her power at his direction. A bit later, she realized that she is starting puberty and needs to bind her chest so her breasts don't show. After this, Duke Roger, John's cousin, arrives at court to start teaching the pages and squires with the gift how to use it. <laughs> Alana is immediately struck by a bad feeling about Roger. Um, got a bad feeling got a about bad Roger. Bad feeling about Roger. She's afraid of him <laughs> without knowing why. Roger interviews all the pages and squires, and when he gets to Alana, it seems he's trying to pry into her mind psychically, but her thoughts are protected by something. Coram suggests that she's being protected by the gods, which Alana writes off as silly. Uh, a few months later, Alana gets word from George that he has found her a horse of her own, something she has not had and desperately needs. John goes into the city with her to look over the horse, meaning George, for the first time. The two boys come to an agreement, and Alana buys the horse from George and names her Moonlight. Um, I'm sorry if any of this sounds like it doesn't matter. It's all stuff that gets brought up later, okay? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. It's like, what in this book can you, it's literally shaved to the bone. It is. She's like, no, these things have to be in here. They're important. Exactly. Alana and the other pages her age start to learn swordmanship. She is so little that it's very hard for her. And in her first, uh, in her first attempt at a duel, she fumbles so hard that she loses very quickly. She takes this as a reason to work even harder on her own using Coram's heavy sword for practice. One morning, Alana wakes up to find her sheets and thighs covered in blood. She has no idea what is happening and knows she can't go to the palace healers about it. So she rushes into Chorus to find George to see if he knows a good healer. She explains that she is a girl and needs to find a healer who won't say anything. He takes her to his mother, um, who Mistress lets Cooper. Mistress Cooper, um, and lets her know that it's just her period and that it's normal. Uh, she goes back to the palace and, and learns she's confined to the grounds for two months for taking off without permission. And for once in her goddamn life, she toes that line. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, after her 13th birthday, Sir Miles, who she's gotten even closer to since the sweating sickness, asks her to come to his barony, uh, Barony of Olau, uh, with him to explore the ruins on his estates. She is happy to agree and goes with him, excited to see ruins from the old ones, who came before the current empire. We don't learn that much about the old ones, so anytime they're brought up, I'm like, please tell me more. Um, Right. (laughs) 
When they arrive at the ruins, Miles tells her that he had dreams for a week that he took her to the ruins, and once he decided to actually do it, the dreams stopped. <laughs> at the ruins, <laughs> Alana finds a trapdoor she feels compelled to open. She does so despite Miles telling her that he tried many times and was never able to get it open. She's drawn into the tunnel below, despite Miles telling her not to go. She finds a sword with a crystal in its hilt, and then is attacked by a presence that is pure darkness, which tries to kill her. As she accepts her own death, the crystal in the hilt of the sword shines brightly, pushing back the darkness so she can escape. An unnatural storm hurries her and Miles back to his estates, where he tells her to keep the sword, which she begrudgingly does and names it Lightning. She begrudgingly does after like three pages of him trying to convince her. <laughs> Upon returning to the palace, Duke Roger notices Alana's new sword and examines it, becoming afraid when he touches it. Alana doesn't want to tell him how she found it without knowing why. She is greatly relieved when he believes her story, uh, that she, Sir Miles just gave it to her. Um, <laughs> he just gave it to you? He just gave it to you? Yeah, yeah, you know, you know that crazy drunk We guy? don't know, we don't know anything about this fucking sword, <laughs> okay? <laughs> um, uh, he, and he gives it back to her. Later, Alana gets a letter from Thom through George, because prior to this, they weren't able to actually communicate because it was all getting screened by the people like the fucking prisoners Jesus. yeah pretty much so meaning it can contain actual important information since it won't be viewed by the people in the palace thom tells her that roger has a reputation for doing away with people he thinks are stronger than he is or will have a better like prospects in the future uh he says that roger has been asking questions about her and thom up at the city of the gods which is where he now studies he's left the convent and has moved now to the temple the or cloister something. yeah that's thank what he you. said <laughs> <laughs> uh, he tells her that he's been pretending to be simple so that people underestimate him, which seems to be working. He warns her to be careful with Roger, a.k.a. her smiling friend. As time passes, John, Raoul, Gary, and Alex are set to become knights in the midwinter. This means that they are on the lookout for a good squire, which Alana will be made when the others are knighted. She is convinced that she is out of the running for being the smallest and worst swordsman. In April, she is given a test again with her sword, and this time she does very well and disarms her opponent, much to everyone's surprise. But what sword was she using? She so was why using was it... lightning. She was using lightning, the sword she found which also happens to be sturdier but lighter than the sword that Coram gave her. Yeah. They all had so to like easier do their practice. So they all had to like forge their own practice swords which obviously were going to be pretty, you know, heavy and yeah. just kind of uh clunky. <laughs> so she cheated with a fucking like master sword. I mean, oh, she has been she has been using Coram's heavier sword to practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just heavier yeah, than yeah, her yeah. practice sword, but mm -hmm. you know Soon after that, the older, the older squires are to go to the desert to see Persopolis, a city of the Bajir... Bajir? Bajir. Bajir? Okay, Bajir people in the east, uh, in the eastern deserts, southeast. Uh, Jonathan convinces Duke Gareth, who, who is also his uncle, which I have some questions about later, uh, to let yeah. Alana come with them, despite only be, being an only... Being only a page is what I wrote, so I'm just sticking to it. Before they leave, Duke Roger warns them all to stay away from the Black City near Persopolis, a place where people go and never return. He points his warning mostly at Jonathan, making Alana feel like he's daring Jonathan to go. 
when they get to Persopolis, the governor of the castle, uh, Ali Muktab, who that is, that's an important guy to know later in the series, um, <laughs> shows them the Black City from a viewing room and tells them the stories about young people being compelled to go there and never come back. Jonathan asks Muktab if there is a written history of the Bajir, as he would like to learn about them since they will be his vassals one day, to which Muktab replies that he will look into having one made. The next day, Alana wakes up to find Jonathan leaving to go to the Black City. Uh, she tries to stop him, but joins him to keep him out of trouble. When they arrive, they're compelled to go. They, they, she lots doesn't of try very hard. Compelled. People just get compelled in this They just book. do things. <laughs> when they arrive, they're compelled to go to a building at the center that looks like a temple. When they enter, ten giant beings the Bajir call the Nameless Ones appear. They reveal themselves. They're like nine feet tall. Just think of like mm. that that vampire with the big titties in the Resident Evil <laughs> trailer. Um, I always picture them as like large insecty people. Oh, I they're supposed you know, to be like, like the most like, there's something locust in the there's, world. There's there's something so like locusty about them that that like in a beautiful like way, but like something about the way that they I don't know. Maybe it's just the. The, or the, um, the fact that they're all e Elanda, e Yilla, Yeah. Um, they reveal themselves to be called the Ysandir, and they oh, eat- Oh, yeah, sorry. They eat <laughs> the souls of people who enter the city. One of the Ysandir reveals to Jonathan that Alana is in fact a girl. John and Alana join their gifts together, and with the help of her sword lightning, they defeat the Ysandir. Uh, after the battle, John and Alana stop at an oasis for the night, where Alana tells him the whole story of how she got there. Uh, and then he asks her to be his squire, to which she agrees. To be fair, she also tells him that he should choose her as his yes, squire. Yes, it's true. He's like, because she so, learned the power of self-worth. Yeah. Um, He's like, who should I choose? And she's like, me. <laughs> Bitch. Me. I'm the best. And, and, and I'm getting up there. I'm doing better. Um, yeah. No, but first off, I have to state, I was... Surprise! I remember her keeping her um, being a girl secret for way longer than halfway through the first book. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. And then she just, she just goes and tells both of them. And it's like, Jesus. Yeah, why not? You're no good at keeping this a secret. <laughs> she's, I mean, like, she's pretty good. It took her, like, two years. <laughs> just fine. Um... She didn't have any other choice, sister. Um, But yeah, so I feel like I also wrote down a bunch of stuff while I was reading it uh, for things that I wanted to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, uh, yeah. So there's lots of, like, to me, the biggest themes in this book are, like, accepting fate is a big theme, which is kind of weird. And the idea of, like, this is big in Tamara Pierce's books, like, in general, is that when you're, like, taking life and stuff, you have to find a way to give give it back. Um, and in this case, Maud, in the beginning of the book, just straight up tells Alana, have you thought about all of the lives you're going to take as a knight? And it's like, no... <laughs> Okay. Like, I just want to be a knight and throw my sword around Pretty and much. Be, be on a horsey. I just want to do great things. <laughs> that's the only way I can do great things. That yeah. is great things. Yeah, that's great things. Um, so she, 
She specifically is like, you have to use your gift to help or the gods will punish you for it. That's the yeah. whole thing. The gods are bitches. This first book yeah, also. Yeah, man, I, right, this, this, uh, this, between this and, um, um, what's it called? The Young Numer book. Um, uh, yeah, Tempest and Slaughter. That's it. Um, between those two, like, it's just funny because, like, basically this world feels like it's a giant marketplace with, like, gods walking around with them and, like, fucking shit up and just, like... I mean, yeah, pretty much. Go- gods are tangible in this fucking world. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and vengeful and... and very. And very rude sometimes. Um... That's that's definitely, uh, but then also very kind sometimes. Yeah. So I just have a bunch of things that I just went while I was <laughs> while I was uh, reading. Reading these are the things I wrote down. Uh, Francis's death would matter more later if uh, she had given him any personality at all. Yeah, he's just a name that happens to be there, and she, I feel like she went. Speak? We can't have any more character. <laughs> I'm gonna kill this one. <laughs> it was more like I, I need to have a character he's... that we won't get to know, so that my editors won't get mad at me for killing someone off as a child's book. Right. Um, Sir Miles is the best character in the palace. Uh, interesting that George originally had the gift instead of the sight. Uh, it seems like in this book, the sight wasn't a thing. He just mm-hmm. has the gift. Yeah. Um, just- Blanket and magic is basically yeah. how it, that that's what it was shorthand for in this. So, I get that. Uh, I love how her group of friends just love her. <laughs> they just, specifically yeah. with all of the, the Mal, the Malvin, the, the Rallin, <laughs> Rallin of Malvin. Rallin of Malvin. Uh, all of the Rallin stuff. Um, they're all like meeting away from her being like, we gotta fuck this guy up. <laughs> we got, you don't fuck with the little guy. Yeah. Exactly. It's a fact. Um, sweating sickness is hard to get through during the time of COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was... Oof. Yeah. God, Alana trying to get Jonathan to sweat the fever out physically pains me. Yeah. That entire section of like, we need to get him nice and warm so he sweats the fever out. I'm like, holy fucking shit, that's not how any of this works. Yeah. Oh my god. Just like... I understand this book came out in 1983. Did you but did you have flashbacks to our grandparents yes. doing that to you? Yes, because our grandparents are um, were Christian science scientists, so uh, they don't believe in medicine. Um, so when I was like ten, I had to be nine, maybe. Yeah, uh, I was staying at their house, and I had a fever, and they wouldn't give me any Tylenol because they didn't have any. Uh, and so they put me by the fireplace, uh, with the- with In a the, blanket. <laughs> yeah, in a blanket, so that I would sweat out my fever. Yes. And then our mother found out and almost killed them. <laughs> she sure did. <laughs> um. Oh. But yeah, no. Yeah, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. continue. No, yeah, it's, um, I do love the-, the, the I both love and- and-, and I'm irritated by the fact that her friends just love her. <laughs> it's like, does she just put out like a weird pheromone that makes everybody adore her? 
It's, it's just the like, little guy syndrome. What is this? It, yeah, I guess. But, I, I get it, is... it. Lots of people treated me like that because I was the little yeah. one. So yeah. it's just like you can't pick on the little one. Yeah. So. Don't mess with the little guy. Um, Because he's usually got big friends. That's just the rules. Yeah. Uh, I then came to a part in, um, in the book where the not-a-girl TM feels hit of the... Uh, Coram's trying to, you know, last you've got to accept who you are. You protested. You can, you, you can be a woman and still a warrior. And she goes, I hate it. She yelled, losing her temper. People will think I'm soft and silly. <laughs> it's like, get it. Um, man, I want to know more about the old ones. Man, yeah, that'd be wicked, right? I'm just like, uh, they, after the Alana the song of the lioness quartet we just never hear about them again i mean they're they talk about them a little we bit we hear about them a bit in um the immortal yeah. series but because you have to <laughs> yeah but yeah for the most part there's there's no they are they are like what zonai is to um legend of zelda uh mythos because like there's so much, like, of them just sprinkled in, and then they're, like, not discussed. <laughs> all we know... And it's like, there's still Zonai ruins, but no Zonai. All we know about the old ones is that they feared... They feared aging more than anything else in the world. So they made a bunch, like, solutions that they dipped all of their shit into to keep it from showing any signs of age. And that's how there are, like, scrolls that still exist. And, yeah. like, their metal and stuff still looks, like, practically brand new. Because That's they... pretty rad, you know? <laughs> yeah. They had the power of, of embalming fluid on their side. <laughs> yeah. Um, then I fucking love how Thom is like, yeah, they all think I'm a complete idiot and I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> In fact, if you could please tell people that your brother's... Uh, <laughs> if he moron, got dropped on his super. head? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then also, why is it so difficult for me to focus on the Black City bit? This has been every time I've I've read this book my entire life. I get to the yeah. Black City bit, and my brain just starts skipping paragraphs. And then we're inside the temple, and then they're defeated. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So I literally sat down, and I took like half an hour to just <laughs> stop and read that chapter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will tell you what happens is, is she was very frantic. She knew what her ending was. She just, I know it's hard. Endings are hard. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like on the first book of, of, a, of a new series that you're about to embark on. And it's like, it's just, you know, it's, it's very disjointed in its uh telling because she does so much of it so fluidly you're like just yeah. following scene to scene conversation to conversation but like then there's that scene and it's just like whoop we're both well we were just talking about this well now we're going to bed and then oh we're, we're both we're meeting in the hall and oh i knew you'd be here and oh let's go and and, and then it's like, like only two pages later <laughs> and then suddenly they're at in the middle of the of the 
city where they're not supposed to go at all. And I don't, I still didn't understand how they got a ride there. But, um. They paid off like, the. No, I know, but who would do that? Who, if, if it's such a fucking awful place, who is going to take two children there? I mean, they don't, they don't take, they just pay off the guy to let them leave. Who's going to let them? He just <laughs> That's lets ridiculous. Them. I mean, to be fair, the prince goes, you're going to let me do this. And then yes, you kind of have to do it. Yeah. But it's just like, yeah, it's very, it's a very rushed ending is, is why it's so hard to read. Yeah. Because she had a hard time writing it and it, and it's, it's, it's evident. It feels very frantic. Yeah, it does. It's just, it's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so what, what did we like about it? Well, I, as much as I, I, um, as much as I love the, um, or as much as I, it makes me feel weird that everybody just loves her. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is one of my favorite things. I just love all of, all of her, the boys and men in her life that she, yeah. that it's just like, like, uh, fucking, I love her and Coram because it's like, it's, it's a, it's a softer, um, Arya and the Hound in, in Game of Thrones. And <laughs> it's just like, it's all, it's very good. It is. And nice feeling it's- while also being very idealistic. Yeah, yeah. I love I love the cast in this book. Um this series in general. Mm-hmm. I just feel like some of them have more personality than others at this point. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like in this first book, Gary and Raul are like interchangeable. Interchangeable, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like it's they're both like tall guys like as the series goes on they definitely become different people but in mm-hmm. this book i'm i don't ever remember who's doing what basically if he's doing so in like a lazy snarky like i couldn't care manner then it's raul if yeah. he's doing it in like a more high energy manner it's it's a uh, uh gary gary jesus okay thing going on here sorry reminding me gary right so, mm-hmm. at one point in the book, Jonathan says, Roger's my only cousin. He says that. Yeah. I think it's in the end when Alana's like, hey, he basically dared you to come here to your certain death. And I think that's kind of fucked up. And he's like, don't, don't insinuate what I think you're insinuating. Uh, Roger's my only cousin. And it's like, wait, just like earlier in this chapter, you called Duke Gareth your uncle? So wouldn't that make Gary your cousin? Maybe he's uncle in... Not like a legit like, way? Like, just like, oh, like, uncle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Like, like I'll take he that. He part of the, yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. Because it's just so confusing to me. I'm like, wait. <laughs> Does Gary just not count? I, I feel just, like... He's I, not real. That's I the feel first like sign. In... Alana just created him in her mind valid it would it would make sense i just feel like in the lioness rampant he also calls him his cousin but obviously that's like we're not there yet but that's just been on my brain i'm like maybe it's because he's only his only cousin on his dad's side yes the only cousin in line to inherit yeah exactly um the conte line conte 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 (laughs) <laughs> because there's if an accent. I, if you think I didn't sit there 
pronouncing it over and over again, you have another thing coming. Because yeah. I absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, characters, to me, my favorite characters that really stood out in this this reread are Sir Miles. Just, mm-hmm. mwah. Um, <laughs> and continuing to be George, but not in a way where I'm like, oh, he's a good kid. More and I'm like, why is he doing any of the things he's doing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, George, George I is an enigma. <laughs> I also mention in my little, um, I love all the boys and men in her life. Um, I also am a little dubious of all of their intentions with um, this young feminine looking boy. Yeah. That, that they're like grooming. Yeah, it feels especially her with um with George especially when we were remembering oh she's that much younger than him. Yeah, it's like oh. seven years younger than he is because she's oh. ten when she arrives in chorus and he says he's seventeen then. Um, well, she's eleven by the time they actually meet, introducing wise. Is she? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because her eleventh birthday passes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before they have their actual introduction, not just their, yeah. hey, kid, I see you on the street. I see you in your purple eyes. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, what? <laughs> I feel like they don't make enough of a deal about her eyes being purple. Like. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's whatever. Just looks God-touched over here. <laughs> However, this series also really made me love purple as an eye color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, continually. Yeah. You know? Um, Jonathan what I Brader. love is that Sir Miles in my brain now has been in this reread and the one that I did earlier, like last year, um, I, he has been filled in now with, um, there is, I, I there's the series called Time Team that was, um, on, <laughs> was it BBC or it was ITV? I can't remember. Um, ITV. Yeah. So it was on for like 20 years in, uh, in the UK. And one of the main runners of the show, uh, Professor Mick Aston, he was one of the main archaeologists. It's an archaeology show. I didn't mention that, but it's an archaeology show. <laughs> and he's like the, the biggest one. And he ended up actually dying before the end of the series, which was really sad. Uh, pretty much the entire series just got sad after that. Um, but (laughs) I have now cast him as Sir Miles in my head and it's lovely because he's a very nice, chill man. Um, but yeah, it it just was like, oh, that's nice. (laughs) Um, but Sir Miles is just the best. (laughs) (laughs) He just straight up is. And the great thing is that even in future books, he's still not dead. So I want to put out there, thank you, Sir Miles, for living right. a nice long life. It's just, let's, let's, let's hear it for Sir Miles, just continuing to, we're going to be really sad when, like, she kills Sir Miles off. And it's like, he was 120, guys. <laughs> you know? Because, you know, time Well, she's now. only, she's only really doing, like, prequels now, so in that universe, so that's fine. Yeah, she's like, no, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with Tortal, except I'm going to fill in some before stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which actually would technically take place. I was trying to, I was yeah. realizing, I was trying to, like, play, it's like, 
Were these in the same actual time span, so, or is he just slightly younger than her? Um, so everything, like, I, the, I, I, I have to, like, take everything events. back. So basically, the end of the Lioness Rampant takes place in 438. We know this because in the, uh, the books, the Kell books, Protector of the Small series, they talk <laughs> about the battle on Coronation Day being in 438. Mm-hmm. So that means that everything in that takes place, that starts the series in Alana, it takes place in 430. The Tempest and Slaughter starts in 434. Okay. So it okay, is basically you. concurrent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Love it. I, I know too much about this. There's a lot well, of... And it's, and it's so funny how much they are structured the same way because yeah. they are both, you know young person with a secret coming into the school yeah. where they are, you know, make friends with a royal and, exactly. um, <laughs> and then are just outstanding. Yeah. Um, so is that it on like things that we really liked about the book? I mean, other than the fact that this is just like, just reading this book makes me feel like mm-hmm. I've put a nice, like warm blanket on. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's honestly, it's just, it is, I'm going to say that, it's going to sound mean, it's simplistic, in that it's just like, it's it's just a good story. It is. Because, yeah, she has some things brewing in it, but, like, it's just, here's this, this young person trying to find their way, and the people around them, and it's just, it's nice. It's, it's just a good, wholesome thing. It is. That being said. That being said. <laughs> Yeah, I do have a. Pro- I'm not a fan of the overwhelming presence of you being your own worst enemy intertwined in a feminist story. Just the way that she kind of did it, just very much like. How do I put it? To me, <clears throat> and maybe it's just Alana being her own worst enemy. But at the same time, it's it's very um, like. I don't know how to put it. It's a, she, it's a very... Uh, go to ahead. Me, I can't do it so right now. So to me, the issue in the, like, the basic theme of this story, to me, is that it's all very themed around you have to accept yourself as how you are, which on the surface is, like, a good message, mm-hmm. but... In the way that to them, all of them are then saying you need to accept that you're a girl, mm-hmm. which is, is well, it's yeah. not good. Um, I think maybe it's one of those things of this is when she wrote this, it was very much like a girl power story. Mm-hmm. And I know that as as time has gone on, she doesn't. Like, I think that her that. thing, I think it's because, uh, you know, being cisgendered, not really, yeah. she, she, uh, she couldn't comprehend that. It was, it was a matter of just not letting gender stereotypes define who you are. Yeah. Like, just be who you are, whether it fits into the category or not. Exactly. It, it is not put out in the correct way. No, it's really, <laughs> really not. Um, because I know that to me, 
uh, when I was a child reading this book, someone who was having an issue with the idea of womanhood um, and, like, not being able to reconcile it with inside of me, reading this made me feel like, okay, I just have to, like, accept that I'm, st- like, I'm a girl. Like, that was just, like, I that's, I'm born that way, so that's how I need to be. Um, mm-hmm. Which now, as an adult, I know that that's not really the message she was trying to put across, but it is yeah. how it sounds. Um, because in her, like, like you said, it just didn't occur to her. Yeah. Um, which I get. Uh, just mm-hmm. if anyone's wanting to know, though, she has come out specifically yes. saying that she is supportive of the trans community. And she has said that if Alana had the word for it, uh, she would probably identify as genderqueer. Um, yeah. gender fluid. Yeah. So, which that's, hello, yes, that's me. <laughs> um, so to me, that's like my biggest gripe about the book of it spending so much time of like specifically saying things like the gods don't like it when you pretend to be someone you're not and shit like that. Mm -hmm. The gods made you this way. You have to accept it. It's just like, yeah, there is a lot of, (sighs) yeah. Yeah. So it definitely has a lot of first wave feminism overtones and it's not second wave. Sorry. Worse. Sorry, that's what I meant. But it's the it's when it came out. Yeah, exactly. So that's just what it's tinged by. That just she did her best. Yeah. Um. yeah. <laughs> but it that is that is my biggest gripe with the with the entire thing. Um. So, any more things to talk about? Well, I did. I did. I, I did skip one of my notes. Just okay. that I, I, I like the scene. Where there's the scene where they are um, by the swimming pool and all summer Alan has been refusing to get in the pool with them. And they're like, what, you know, <laughs> are you, are you afraid to get clean? And, and, and then since she's feeling hormonal because she just noticed she's getting breasts, um, Alana flips out on their like biggest friend <laughs> and, and all I could think of was little Risa just screaming at our like well over six foot friends and them just like Risa no it's it's fine calm calm down and he tried to put me into a trash can Ariana I'm not talking about that instance specifically that's the one that just like in my mind in your mind (laughs) because it's like that why are you doing this because you're so little but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> You're just so little. I can just pick you up and put you in a trash can. But why would you want to? I don't understand the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Our friends shared one brain cell and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and they took turns. They so sure So it wasn't did. even like they were splitting the... Nope. <laughs> Must have been Nate's turn with the yeah. <laughs> with the brain cell that day. Uh, but yeah. So, what's your yeah. favorite headcanon for the book? I want to do that for every single book. Uh, um, I don't know if I like have one for this book, just because. And I, and again, I say this just because I know how deep she does get. 
It's very surface level. It's yeah. it's very, I am telling you, this is who these people are. This is what I'm giving you of the world. And I'm giving it to you in small doses so that you don't, you know, die when in like 40 years I put out a book with an entirely different like country in that same place with that same magic and it's just like hella confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, my, my headcanon is that um, fuck, I lost it. I had one. Oh no. Every character in this book is bisexual, and that's the end of that. That's just a fact. That's yes. No, fact. absolutely. The, uh, uh, I love it. There's just, like, so much, like, uh, loving behavior. And I don't say that in, like, a, a, a demeaning way. I mean, like, there's just, it is, it is really great. There's, there's, it's, it's kiss the homies goodnight good. It's like. It is. Everyone is so, like, I love them. Yes. And you know what? No, no, no. Little Alan, you are our pet now. (laughs) Pretty much. But, yeah, that's, that, to me, that's, uh, that's how it is, because uh, I've decided. Also, everyone's always just like, how do I say this? (laughs) On each other's dick? Because that's how I'd put it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, it's so, it's because I feel, it's one of those artifacts, right, of a woman (laughs) writing about a lot of men. And she does a lot better later, I feel. Uh, But in this book, it's just like, everyone's very, like, the culture in this world is different. That's that's what it is. In in Tortal... They just are all like that. <laughs> yep. It's the culture. And that culture okay. changes very much before Protector of the Small. <laughs> I I did have like a weird moment of of there was like a look shared between Sir Miles and somebody. Like Lord Martin, I think, who like he he like looked at, at Miles in, in a certain way and I was just like did, a certain way. Did they? It was like he 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 gazed at him in, in, in <laughs> loving admiration, and it was just like, huh. yeah, okay, yeah, good. See, they're it's like, all it's like that thing that your that your that your friend slips in, and you're like, you know, you're gay, right? <laughs> I'm just saying that you can't <laughs> prove that. Not that these people aren't all bi. I I don't I don't I don't think it's possible now. Yeah. So yeah. That's uh that's that one. Accepted. Um. <laughs> so the next book we will be reading is in the hand of the goddess, which is the second book in the Song of the Lioness Quartet. Um, you guys have a month to read it <laughs> because so do we. Yeah. And I will try to Maybe wait. I'll read it in a day again. I mean, the thing is, is that I wanted it fresh in my mind for mm-hmm. when we were going to do this. So I yeah. didn't want to read it too, like, early. No. Otherwise. Same-sies. Absolutely. I was also planning on reading um, some Song of Ice and Fire with Boyfriend Meister. Yeah. But... 
I didn't do either. So I did this all today. Valid. <laughs> <laughs> like that is that is the ultimate ADHD. <laughs> I can't do it until the deadline is right next right. to me and then I can do it. I'm texting Leslie. She was like, oh, what, what, what have you been doing today? I was like, well, I read a book. <laughs> She's like, and how many hours? You read a whole book? I was like, yeah, in, in like six hours. I could have read it faster. But I mean, yeah, I was trying somebody to Somebody was talkative. It's only 200 pages, you know. Yeah, 200. Mine copies 260. Oh, mine is only two. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. 250. 260 is where the afterword ends. Uh, mine is 216 pages. Mine is also that lovely large print. Oh, yeah. Mine is. Yeah. Oh, fine. It's beautiful. It's, del- it's delightful. I'm it is glad. So, yeah. It is that's... like being a little girl again. <laughs> Although I read these as a, like a, a teenager adult. So, yeah. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's that book. See you guys yeah. next month to... Uh, to to read the next one and talk about it to Let ride on if you guys <laughs> if you guys would like to discuss your thoughts and feelings on things tell us that you pronounce it tom sure you're just wrong but uh <laughs> you can contact us on our twitter which is at tortal sisters or if you would like you can join our discord for our curlmeister sisters like empire um <laughs> Where we have an entire channel on our Discord just for talking about uh, the books that we're talking about. Yeah. So we'd love to see you guys in there. We'd love to hear you guys uh, tell us what you think about the books and what your opinions on on, on them are. Those if were you words. you have a headcanon for this book, since I do not. Yeah. Um, and we are actually now on all of our social media. I mean, on all of the podcasting places. That's crazy. Yeah. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and then on our YouTube. I'm sorry, was I supposed to say those? It's fine. Uh, My bad. (laughs) It's fine. So yeah, as a reminder, I'm Risa. (laughs) I'm Ariana. (laughs) And keep on reading.